This is the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nick, and welcome. Dearest listeners, I'm here to ask for your support, not your financial support. It would be great if you could donate. It would help support the Trivium Dad podcast and Upward Enrichment Service. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review because it will help other people find the show. And two, tell a friend about the show. Or better yet, tell a whole bunch of friends. Thank you. This program may contain strong languages and topics that might not be suitable for all listeners. When it comes to martial arts, like many of my childhood friends, it always fascinated me, like watching it on TV, like movies like Enter the Dragon, Bloodsport, John Wick. You can feel the excitement and the synergy in the fight scenes, and you start to do those fingertip push-ups, and you nag your parent. Hey, I want to join martial arts. Uh, could we afford it? Can we go do it? I want to, I want to achieve that glow. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first interview on the Trivium Dad podcast, and I'm excited to have my guest and friend, Sensei Ren Whiskey, owner of Dynamic Martial Arts Academy on the show. How are you, sir? Um, I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me in your house. I know doing this in person is a little strange and a little awkward, but I truly appreciate being here and I'm humbled. No problem. Happy to have you. All right. So tell me about how did you dedicated your life to martial arts? Uh, what compelled you to become a student early in your life? What made you continue with being a student? Well, what's funny is, you know, your, little, your intro there about watching the karate movies and all that. So I remember I was watching a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Now, I'm, my background is Trinidadian. My family's from Trinidad. And I was there for the summer with my cousin. And I was hanging out with my friends. And we were watching a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Don't remember which one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you know the deal. Good action. It was fun. Then we started playing karate after. You know, kicking and punching each other. I don't recommend anyone do that. <laughs> and then um, when I came back to America after the summer was over, I said, Mom, I, I want to do martial arts. She found me a school and, and put me in and it's been history ever since. That's great. I mean, that's how I think a lot of kids, you know, I grew up in the 90s era. I spoke about this and really it was just what you saw on TV. I didn't have cable growing up. So it was like watching those martial arts flicks. And, you know, that was really what we were talking about when we were playing on the street. Like, did you see that move? Did you see that spin kick? So I totally get that. What would you like to tell us about martial arts, especially regarding less known facts and participation? Right. Well, I think most people get caught up in the, um, you know, the kicking and punching and the fighting. And I mean, that's a big part of the martial arts. That's the martial. Um, you also have the art part, which is the forms and the katas and the movements are very graceful and beautiful. But I think the most important thing, at least that I've gotten in martial arts and that I try to give in my martial arts schools is the values that come with it. They were just values that I never expected to learn that were life-changing, you know, focus, discipline, respect, confidence, self-esteem. Those are the things that I learned in martial arts. And quite frankly, they've taken me 
much further than any kick or punch um, by itself could have done. I mean, that's what I saw, especially my kids were, you know, your students. And I think that was the biggest piece, like seeing uh, leadership and teamwork and collaboration. Like a lot of people think it's about kicking and punching, but I think those values uh, becomes intrinsic and it, it just yields uh, results in children in their lives. Uh, martial arts involvement among the youths have been described in controversial terms. There is research regarding the effects of martial arts practice on youths uh, showing contrasting images. While some refer to uh, enhanced personal and social opportunities for those who participate, others warn about increased aggressiveness and antisocial behaviors among its participants. What are your thoughts on that? Well, from my experience, I've seen the opposite of that. I've seen kids that were aggressive, that had anger issues. You know, they come to the martial arts and the discipline and the family that they get in the martial arts school, brothers and sisters working hard together, training hard, sweating hard, feeling that pain together, growing together, you know, all moving towards a similar goal. It's actually brought their aggression level down. And they're actually less likely to get into fights. It's it's very rare, you know, very rare that I've had a martial arts student that actually one had to use their techniques in self-defense, which is good because I teach, you know, mental self-defense awareness. So and, you know, and to speak up for yourself. And I find a lot of my students talk their way out of fights before they begin and they avoid situ bad situations where they may possibly have to use their martial arts. And of course, a few have had to use it. And it's mostly for self-defense. And luckily, they've been able to save themselves. But it's very rare that any student that I've taught or been involved with became a bully or started instigating and becoming aggressive. Um, usually, it's, it's quite the opposite. You know, it's just that accountability. Because at the end of the day, if you start becoming abusive, I mean, you got to come and stand on that line with your karate brothers and sisters and you know, your mom is going to tell you everything that, that that's going down. And then the instructor is going to talk to you and we're going to talk to you. We're going to be disappointed. And we didn't want to disappoint each other, you know, so we knew what martial arts can do. We knew the power in it. The students know the power in it. And it's very rare. I've, I want to say I've never, I've actually never seen it be abused in that manner. So my experience has been completely different than, than that. Sure, because I know with, you know, people in general, we have all different personalities. Like me, I'm an introvert. So doing a podcast is kind of weird to me, right? You got your extroverts, you got all these uh, different ranges on the spectrums of students. So it's pretty interesting that it seems like martial arts kind of uh, teaches them how to be in a structured environment and how to operate a certain way, even if uh, you may be going through certain things in your life because everybody goes through something and you don't know what people are dealing with, but it seems like martial arts creates a structure to um, live life, I guess, in the right way. Right. Right. Basically the way I look at it is um, it takes a village to raise a child. That's a common phrase. And it's true. It's hard to raise a child by yourself. And now that I have children, <laughs> I realize <laughs> how difficult that is. But the martial arts school is part of that, that village. You know, sometimes, especially in my experience, personally, when I was a student and now that I'm the teacher, you know, sometimes you just need someone else to say the exact same thing that your mom and your dad already says. And all of a sudden it makes sense. And you don't understand as a parent, like how I've been telling you this the entire time. How does it, you know, 
why didn't you get it? How come this person said the same thing? And now you understand. And I've been saying it every single day. And it's like you never heard it before. I think that's the story of all parents' life. It's like, they don't believe you. Like, you know, you haven't lived the same life as the person that uh, you see. So it's like they find these role models and they say the exact same thing a parent would say, but it just registers. Definitely, I guess that's yeah. the it, generations doesn't even matter. That's always what it's going to yeah, be. And that's why you need that village. You need different voices to sometimes say the exact same things. And, and, it, and it makes a difference. You know, you need different inputs and different experiences to, to really build up the child into someone that's going to be a great citizen, you know? Oh, I decide to enroll my child in martial arts. What differences will I see in the next couple of weeks, months, and years? Well, it all depends on the child, and it takes a different amount of time. There's no set amount of time in terms of the change that you're going to see in terms of your particular child. But the results that I have seen in my experience, uh, it could be a few weeks, a few months, but I've seen kids that were failing. Like the parents showed me their promotion in jeopardy letters from the school. They're about to be left back. And we sat down. I talked with the kids. I talked with the parents. We came up with a plan of action. And all of a sudden, they're on the honor roll, you know, a few months later on, the, on that next report card. You know, so just that structure, that discipline, that accountability as the instructor. Well, as a parent, and now that I'm in it full time, you tend to be a little familiar with the kids. So it, it's hard to be 100% tough 24 hours a day. But when you send them to the karate school, I can be 100% tough with them consistently for the time that they're there. Because obviously it's a, what, 45 minutes to an hour I'm going to see them. And I can be that rock. You know, I could be unflinching, unchanging. And just that structure that at the end of the day, I'm going to tell sensei. And sensei is completely consistent. Sensei doesn't have to be, you know, nice and feed you and do, you know, this is sensei's role. He's going to be the tough guy. He can be the bad guy. And I'm going to tell him and that accountability and that relationship that we build is very important. And it allows me to say, hey, do that homework. Listen, get that room clean or else, you know, we'll do some push-ups, burpees, whatever. The point is, when I say there's going to be trouble, you don't want the trouble that I can bring. Because once again, I'm consistent with that discipline. I'm consistent with that structure and they're going to get it. And they know it's unwavering. It's unflinching. And kids crave that. I mean, as a kid, I didn't want that, but I secretly wanted it. <laughs> you know, kids don't know what they want, <laughs> you know, so they act and, and, and say things that are different. But the truth is they kids crave structure. They crave discipline and they strive in those environments, period. And when it's supported by the parents, backing them up it's unstoppable i think to supplement being a parent you know how it is it's like you're always on the run you're going from one place to another i know you just recently have a newborn yeah. and i'm sure you're going making three o'clock runs to walgreens <laughs> to get some medicine or pampers mm -hmm. i remember those times my children are a little older now mm -hmm. uh, maybe i lost some of those memories on purpose <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, it gives an opportunity for, you know, we're so stretched, like our bandwidth is, you know, limited because we do so much. And I think, you know, having a sensei in a martial arts school 
being that consistency because as a parent, it's hard to be consistent. It's hard. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I didn't, I didn't know what it was like to be a parent. I had no clue. I was too naive. Uh, let's say I was stupid, <laughs> but it's like, you can read all the books you want, but once you have that baby in your hand, it's what? different, man. Like I remember I tell, um, I see my karate students and they come in and they have their, their karate bags. So they got their, their nunchucks and their commas and their sparring gear and their boxing gloves and they got all this gear and their parents are bringing it in, bringing it in for them, holding the bags for them. And I'm like, what is going on? That's their equipment. They need to hold the bag. And then I find myself holding my son's <laughs> bags. And I'm like, Oh, now I get it. So it's just like the difference of perspective now. And you know, I'm walking my kid to school. We're doing the blended <laughs> learning model because mm-hmm. I, I worry about the social aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. being on the computer, like all the time. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. And I'm carrying the book bag and I know this little guy <laughs> can carry the book bag, but it's like, you just feel sorry for them. Uh-huh. That's funny. That's funny yeah. And I don't know. I think children now, they, they're too pampered. You know, you got all this technology and you, and they know how to use it too. <laughs> At two years old, right? They're mm-hmm. just grabbing that phone and yeah. they're off and running. Maybe even earlier than that now. Yeah, yeah. Just a part of who they are and part of their lives now. It's just so different now with these kids and the world that they're coming into compared to what we came into. <clears throat> and even worse, what our parents came into is just, it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's different times. But this generation is impressive. Like I, I look at my children, even the little one, um, he's nine years old and I'm like, damn, you could work now. You know, you could run some Zoom meetings <laughs> and you could do some PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so amazing <laughs> to me just watching these kids uh, work on the computer. Uh, you're listening to the Trivium Dad podcast. My name is Nicholas Jones. I have my guest, Sensei Ren Whiskey. Uh, sensei, what does that mean? The word Sensei. And what does it take to achieve that status? Right. Well, the simple version of that is uh, sensei means teacher in uh, Japanese. But in our style of martial arts, uh, it means a lot more. So we, technically, we're, we have different titles. We have kohai, which means junior black belt. We have senpai, which means senior black belt. Then we have a joshu, which is like assistant instructor and deshi, which is like most loyal and honorable student. Then sensei. All right. So technically, you're a teacher at the joshu level. But you don't get the title of sensei yet. So sensei has that special prestige. It means you've been here training for many, many years, probably teaching and training for 15 to 20 years. Um, yeah, it's about how long I've been training when I became a sensei. So you're dedicated, you're loyal. You know, you can create black belts and, you know, give back to the community what you've gotten and what you did. You give that back. And basically, you're, you're pretty consistent. You got to be consistent in the martial arts, consistent with your training. and consistently be giving back and consistently be bringing up the next generation of martial artists. So that's what sensei means in our style of martial arts. Tell me about deciding to open up your martial arts school. What lessons did you learn early on as an entrepreneur? Man, oh man, oh man. Um, that's a very interesting story. So I was, I, my original cry school was in Brooklyn Avenue H thirty four nine Avenue H. Um, and I got my black belt there and I believe 97. And then 1999, I was working there. And just, you know, the beginner level instructor, I was teaching all the introductory lessons and a few classes. And then a few years down the line, I became a head instructor. So I was pretty much running the entire school, doing the intros, teaching the classes, doing the promotions. 
everything else except for, you know, paying the bills. And I realized, you know, I looked at my instructor, my instructor's Tony Morrison, great guy. And he had a really awesome lifestyle. He was going wherever he wanted to go, driving what he wanted to drive and living a great lifestyle. I said, you know what? Maybe this is the type of, um, maybe martial arts can be a career. Maybe it's something that can provide a lifestyle for someone. So I knew I wanted to open up my own karate school. So come 2004, I had that opportunity. All right. So I ended up buying a building in Queens and I turned the first floor into a dojo and I turned the basement into my apartment (laughs) and had a couple of tenants upstairs and I was just trying to make it work. And it had to work because I had no money left by the time I was done building it out. So it just had to work. So in terms of lessons I learned, man, I, I learned a lot. The went to the school of hard knocks, as they say. And I've had the, um, the marshal come gun on his hip saying, Hey, we need that electric meter. You didn't pay that bill. <laughs> so all of a sudden the Christ goes pitch black. And that basement that I was living in was dark as night. It, was, it had no windows. So I've definitely been through it, but um, I definitely learned how to start a business, how to grow a business. I learned that to be successful in business, you really got to be focused because the school was doing well initially, but then I kind of got comfortable, you know, started taking it easy. Then the student, you know, student count dropped. But then I, when I got focused and I, and I focused on my business, able to grow and double the school and then start making some really big moves. So those lessons that I learned were, were definitely priceless. Um, learned a lot about paying bills and, you know, debt (laughs) and growth margins. And, and most importantly, once I really understood the numbers, what numbers mean gross versus net, you know, um, those numbers really make a difference and those numbers got to drive your decision-making. So I've had some good moves. I've moved to bigger places to try to have more success. And, um, I've had a lot of failures, a lot of things that, didn't work out exactly the way I, I wanted it to do. But now, um, about a few years ago, I made the decision that I'm not just a karate instructor, but I am an entrepreneur. I'm not just a guy that owns a karate school. I'm a person that's into business. So now I've kind of diversified. I actually own two karate schools now. I own an Uber car rental business. And I also am a licensed real estate agent and I do real estate investments as well. So I've kind of diversified. Um, and then even as an entrepreneur, I learned that <laughs> even though you diversify into different fields, something like COVID-19 can happen. And all of a sudden, all your businesses take it and you're not protected. So now I got to diversify even more. But I, every loss, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you're focused, you're going to come back with a bigger victory in the end. So I've got no complaints and I, and I love the lessons that I've learned. I think with me, with this particular uh, business with Upward of Richmond Service, I'm still taking my knocks. <laughs> uh, COVID-19 for me kind of like derailed all the momentum I built in year one, which was a lot of work. I still got a lot of learning to do when it comes to being an entrepreneur. I think my biggest thing from what you said was the accounting piece of it. I had no clue what that meant. I didn't understand when it came to filing taxes, what that meant. Um, and how that was going to impact other areas of my life. So I think, you know, I think it's just grit at this point, just continuing to do it to the best of your ability and trying not to get into too much debt while in the, on the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about business is debt is a tool. If you're taking on debt, that debt should be making you more money. And that's the way the debt game is, is played. It's called leverage. And, um, 
what you really want to avoid, honestly, more than that are fines. And one time I remember I got, I finally was ready to hire employees. I'm like, I'm going to be on the books. I'm going to do it the right way. So I hire some employees. I got them on payroll. And then about three months later, I get a fine from (laughs) the workers' compensation board because I didn't have workers' comp insurance for $38,000. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a very scary day. And on that day, I learned the value of having professionals. You know, so I got an accountant and they were able to, I don't know what magic they work, but it went from $38,000 to about $1,500. And then I learned, you know, you got to have workers' comp insurance if you're going to have employees. So a lot of hard lessons (laughs) were learned in business. So, and I'm sure a lot more are, are to come still. Me too, because I think what I learned, I got hit with a $1,200 fine. <sighs> I did get that accounted. I stopped being cheap <laughs> about it. <laughs> and he told me to write a letter and that letter I think worked out because nice. I didn't hear anything else from the IRS about that. But excellent, excellent. I think what you said, I know I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but I think from what you said, um, I try to do it all with my partner. And I think we're not specialists. Like we're trying to stretch ourselves too thin. Like we're the IT people, we're the marketing people. Yeah, that's what you do in a startup. (laughs) You do it all yourself. And then you realize you can't do it all yourself. And you got to get other people to help you out for sure. 100%. value of mentorship can make all the difference in a child's life, regardless of the class divide and social economic status. Tell me, who are your mentors? I think you mentioned it one already with Tony Morrison. Yeah, yeah. So that was my, uh, basically my life is broken down to three main mentors that I knew personally. And that's uh, Tony Morrison. And he was the instructor of the Cry School. Then there was Sensei Jean-Claude Lewiston. And he also instructed at that Cry School. And of course, there's uh, Christopher Bro, And he also instructed at that karate school. And these were my leaders. And the truth is, the most important and most valuable thing they ever said to me was read this book. And that reading of the book really helped me to learn about the world in a way that, you know, my parents weren't able to tell me my mom, she didn't really understand the world in terms of business. So her, it was go to school, get a degree, nothing wrong with that, get a secure job, but that's one path. I never would have thought of going into business, you know, things like finance, those are things that were never talked about in our house, but, they said, read a book. And I read the book. I enjoyed it. It was uh, uh, Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins and The Five Major Pieces to the Life Puzzle by Jim Rohn. And then I kept reading, you know, books by Robert Kiyosaki and uh, George S. Klassen, The Richest Man in Babylon. And those books started expanding my mind in terms of what's possible here in America. So those are my three original mentors. But then I have mentorships through those books like Jim Rohn is my number one. I could read him and I just get super inspired, but I get all sorts of mentors now from the books that I read. And now not only are the books easily, uh, easily available, but you know, we've got YouTube videos that explain different things. So anything that I don't know or don't understand, I know that just look, if you seek, there's a term, Google it. If you Google it, you'll get answers. You can YouTube it. You'll find videos on it. Anything you want to know, there's, there's really just no excuse for not knowing. Now, one thing I learned in martial arts is okay to be confused. That's a great starting point. It's an amazing starting point. Nothing wrong with that. It's not okay to stay confused. So get the information, ask questions, read the books, 
do Google searches, go online, you know, ask somebody. There's so many ways to figure out all the things you don't know. And like I said, most importantly, and this is my, what I feel is my import, most important job is to teach these kids. You could learn and do and be anything that you want. Okay. You could ask your parents, you could ask me, but once again, use the resources you got. You've got the most powerful device, you know, on the planet, in your pocket. Anything you want to know is in your pocket. Anything you want to know. We didn't have that. We had to, had to go on a bus and get to, to Grand Army Plaza, you know, to, to, get, to get books. <laughs> and like a seven inch black and white TV. And that's all it was. Like, you know, the way we learned as, you know, kids was just talking to one another. And, you know, my parents, they came from Guyana. They didn't have an education. Similar to what you were saying with uh, going to school, you know, that's the best way. But when it came to guiding you into different paths, we didn't know any of that, right? There was no fold in our pockets. You know, we had to pay folds on the street, go get a quarter, <laughs> put it in there if you need to talk to somebody, right? It was crazy. I remember it was $20 for me to have an eight-minute conversation with someone in Trinidad. It, it's, and now it's virtually free. I can have a face conversation. I can see the person. I could talk to them live over the internet virtually for free. We've come so far, and there's so many opportunities and so much knowledge. That sometimes you just need someone to just, hey, do this, do this. And then the ball starts rolling and you can, you can do it on your own. And that's what it is. That's what the value of a mentor is. I think even though the information is easily accessed, you need still somebody to talk to, somebody that could you could relate to. Um, personally, not personally, but just through the karate school, through all my students, um, now online students <laughs> and in-person students. And I just give those those valuable lessons. And I, I really try to really express the power of the tools that they had. I asked this question in the class the other day. Raise your hand if you have a computer. And oddly enough, everyone didn't raise their hand. But then I said, raise your hand if you've got a tablet. Oh, or they, they raise your hand for the tablet. No problem. Raise your hand if you got a phone or an iPad or an iPod or something with connection to the internet. Everyone raised their hand. And I said, that is your most powerful tool. I remember when I was doing an after-school program. And there's this new common core math using all sorts of terms I've never heard of before. Didn't know what it was. And they said, solve the problem using this method. No idea. Went to YouTube, saw it, got it. And now I know it. It's that simple. I'm like, guys, you can do the same thing with anything that you want. Look it up, do some research, do some reading. And it's never been easier. You don't have to leave your house. It's right there. Get the information. Because once again, there's no excuse in this day and age to remain now, I know you know being a father how does that influence how you teach karate now did that have any impact on how you approach uh, teaching students um well I have a little bit more sympathy <laughs> for the parents now because <laughs> now you know in the past I'm just like well why don't you just do this and now I'm looking at myself like well why don't you just do this <laughs> So it's um it's just it's definitely different now. I've I've got more perspective cuz now I'm going through it and I understand the struggles and I can relate a little bit more to the struggles and the reasons why people find their kids up in my karate classes. I can relate to that more on a personal level, you know? So that helps I think uh also my uh I may be a little bit softer too, <laughs> a little bit nicer. I don't know if that's age or the kids but you know, so I, instead of giving 20 burpees, I'll give 10. <laughs> so I, I understand them a little bit more and the mindset of a child just a little bit more. But ultimately, everything's pretty much been roughly the same. <laughs>
So Sensei, tell me more about Dynamic Martial Arts Academy and any other of the businesses that you mentioned previously. Gotcha. So there's there's two. There's Dynamic Martial Arts Academy of Queens. And that's my original karate school. I started that back in 2004. And now we have a Top Gun Karate and Krav Maga in Manhasset, Long Island. And they're both running. <laughs> so obviously with the COVID-19, there's um, a lot of changes that had to be made. and I had to move to online classes and a, a lot of people kind of stuck with me with the online classes. And a lot of people did not. I probably lost 60 to 75% of the business, but you know, I, I understand that I get it. It's, it's hard to have the same type of interaction and the same type of enjoyment through a screen. There's just something missing there. And I'm of course trying to teach the best classes that I can. And I think I'm doing a really good job if I do say so myself, but it's just, it's just can't compare to being in person and, and, and having that relationship with that person, but um, with my students, but I've had a few people, they, they stuck around and, and they're doing the best that they can. So the classes are still existing online right now. I do have the, the Long Island school, Top Gun Karate. That school is open at the moment. And I have about two in-person classes a week. and it's amazing how many people are, are anxious and, and just couldn't wait to get back on the mat. But once again, training with a mask on isn't easy. <laughs> Teaching with a mask on isn't easy. So the ones that come in, you know, uh, they, they're really giving their, their very best. And the ones training at home are also giving their very best. But right now, that's the only physical location that's open. Queens, there's a couple things that needs to be sorted out. I actually share that space with other people. So once... I'm comfortable that everything's being clean and sanitized properly. I'll, I'll reopen the Queens. But for now, I do have people from Queens coming up to Long Island to do some training. So it's been, uh, it's been interesting, but we're, we're making the best of what we got. But I'm still thriving. And then, like I said, from all the knocks that I've learned, uh, you know, I'll take losses and I'll still turn it into a win. And that's entrepreneurship. You take the losses, you turn it into a win. And I found a good comfortable space where I can still find some success. So what should the audience take away from our conversation today? Sure. So I would say that enroll your kids in martial arts. <laughs> doesn't have to be my school. Honestly, I, I don't really care where you, what school you put them in. As long as it's a reputable school, put them in there. Any school that really emphasizes, emphasizes fighting. That's not really a school I put my kids in. I'm, I'm going to put my school my kid in schools that emphasize values because the truth is values are the priceless part of martial arts values will take them to the next level more so than a kick or punch. Like I teach karate, but I, I've never had to throw a kick or punch to save my life. But the values I've learned have saved my life a hundred times over. So if you're in the Queens area, dynamic martial arts, academy.com is the website. Um, if you're in long Island it's TG karate.com. And you guys are more than welcome to come in for a free trial class. Like I said, I'm an entrepreneur, so I also do real estate. And if you are looking to buy a home or sell a home or buy an investment home or have any questions about the sales process, you can reach me on my number at 917-640-1278. Just give me a text or a call. I can help you get it all done. And say thank you very much for having me in your home. Uh, given COVID-19. And uh, this has been my pleasure to talk to you today. Happy uh, to have you, man. Anytime you've been 
with me for a long time. And, you know, one thing I tell parents in the martial arts school is, you know, and when you guys support the karate school, you actually see where that money is going. It's going back into the building. It's going into your kids. Um, it's going into the events that I throw. This is why it's, it's really good to, to especially on a, a local karate school, you see where everything goes as opposed to going, you know, to a place like Models. I've had some parents that, you know, they buy equipment from somewhere else, buy it online. I'm like, do you know Mr. Model? Do you, do you, do you, know, where, where, do you know anything about him? Do you know who runs this store? You don't know. So you put their money there and it's just gone. But if you put money here, you know, you buy the equipment here. It comes back to your community. You see it with your own eyes um, where your money has gone. And that's why I always say support your local businesses, you know, and when you start your business, you know, we support you. I, I hope you would define me as being supportive um, with your business. You didn't even have to. It wasn't a question. The minute you said, hey, I have a business. I mean, everything you said after that was irrelevant. I was going to support you. End of story. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's how it should be. And that's how we all become successful we support each other and and we'll all get to the next level we'll get there together i don't think people understand how generous generous you are in the community and how you give back especially uh, i remember a couple months ago we participated you hosted a career fair and you had all of these uh subject matter experts come in and speak about their industry and the children that were on that uh video chat i know benefited from that i know as a parent i was taking notes uh on uh, what you were saying, but what other people on the call was saying. So um, I've seen you done a lot in the community. I know you're going to continue to do a lot in the community and we just got to invest in one another. Yeah. I got to say, I've been pretty lucky. I actually have some really great friends and all of a similar mindset, different backgrounds, different philosophies, but everyone's willing to work hard, be successful, support each other. And I like when I said I was having a career day, Without question, everyone was there to support. No questions asked. Just tell me what time. And, and that's the type of friends. And, and that's another recommendation. That's another thing I learned from martial arts is you got to have a good circle. If, if, if you have uh, four successful friends, you're going to be the fifth. You know, if you have four friends that are not accomplishing anything, you're going to be the fifth. If you've got four friends that are getting hundreds on the test, you'll be the fifth. So surround yourself with good people at all times. And one thing I love about the cry school is the new people that has exposed me to such as yourself and your wife and your family that I wouldn't have met before and have a whole new support structure and a whole new group of people that I can turn to. I remember when I was having my first son, I mentioned it to some of the, the parents at the school and all of a sudden everything was planned. There's a baby shower and I didn't have to do anything. And it was just like, wow, wow. It's amazing how I can count on you guys for support. And of course, likewise, you guys could count on me for support. And, and, and this is what we need. It, it's hard to fail. It's hard to fail if, if you've got that type of support structure around you. It's, it's just, oh, I hate saying impossible. It's almost impossible to fail when you've got that many people supporting you and surrounding you. I always tell this joke to my friends that, you know, for things for me to be on the street, it, it probably have to be the, the apocalypse. Like I've got so many people that I can turn to and call that I know will help me out. And likewise, I'm going to help them out if something happens. So it'd have to be a disaster bigger than a pandemic, <laughs> bigger than a pandemic <laughs> to really, and it has to hit everyone at the same time for that even to be remotely possible. Cause I've got so much support and my friends have that same support as well.
relationships do matter. And I think without the relationships, you just can't make it. You can't do it by yourself. I was, I was like thinking I could do everything myself when I was younger. I was the smart one. I could just figure it out. As I got older, I, I realized how dumb I really was and how much I didn't know. And to have friends have that circle uh, makes all the difference in the world. All right. So thank you again for having me. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Follow us on social media, UESNYS. Check out the website, UESNYS.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for listening.